With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. How's it going? My name is Stacy, and I work at Lowe's. At the heart of every home is a hardworking appliance. And now at Lowe's, you can save big on everything you need. Just stop by now through May 23rd and get 10% off all major appliances priced $397 or more. And with our huge selection, you'll get just what you're looking for. Choose from top brands like Whirlpool, Samsung, Frigidaire, and Maytag. So stop by Lowe's today and find great savings on appliances. Lowe's, let's build something together. Offers valid 518.11 to 523.11. Some restrictions apply. Love Talk Radio. Hey, everybody, it's your girl, Cy Brown. Today is Monday, and you know what we do every Monday. We learn amazing life lessons from great coaches, from great people, from great speakers. And for today's show, we are going to be listening to an amazing program with Tony Robbins called The Power of Focus. But before we even get into that, just want to give a big shout-out to every single body, every single body. <laughs> you know me, High Road always says that's uh, that's size words. <laughs> but uh, anyway, every single person who's joining us in the chat room right now, you know the chat room is open. If you have any questions, you can definitely call in. The call-in number to the show is 347. You guys, I hope you all have a pen because I'm giving it quick. You guys, everybody have a pen? I hope so. I hope everybody has a pen. You ready? On your mark, get set, go. 347-633-9113. We're going to have a great show today. We're actually going to have a great lesson. I'm excited. Um, had a great weekend this weekend. I had a whole bunch of stuff going on. Saturday I spoke. Just I think I shared that with you on Friday. Saturday morning I spoke um, to young women, and I facilitated a, an amazing workshop with Donna Jackson and Kayam and Rachelle LeBlanc, who works at Universal Records, called From Backpacks to the Boardroom, which was a really, really good workshop. We talked about talked to a group of young women on how to actually transition from backpacks to the boardroom, and we talked about our life experiences, and that was up in Westchester County. And after that, I dashed uh, to Jersey and just spoke to a group. It wasn't a full-blown workshop, but I spoke, spoke to a group of teenagers who who have acknowledged and are going through the process of acknowledging that they have disabilities. And not necessarily physical disabilities, but mental disabilities. So that was a little tough because, you know, many of you know I suffered from depression and wanted to kill myself many years ago. And, you know, it's, it's documented in my books, but thank God I'm so much better now. But imagine if you're a teenager right now with all of the pressures that teens go through and they don't even, and, and maybe hesitant and even acknowledging the fact that I suffer from depression. So that was a very enlightening experience on Saturday. It was good. It was really, really good. I mean, really, really good. And, and the teens that were at this group, big shout-out to Nicole Pratt, who's the executive director of the um, Family Success Organization of Hudson County in New Jersey, um, to, to even pr- provide or facilitate or accommodate these young people 
So I was really excited about that. And Sunday I had a super, super exciting thing happen, but I can't share all the details yet. I know, I know, I know. But it has to do with me being a life coach and doing some really cool and exciting things. So on that note, just know that the chat room is now open. So if you have any questions, if you want to chat with me, feel free to log into the chat room, create a username and passcode so I can properly acknowledge you. Um, and don't forget this show is always available for download through iTunes just in case you missed the show or you can't listen to the whole thing. Just go to iTunes and you can download it. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter. My handle on Twitter is forward slash life remixed. And you can check out my blog, cybrown.com. On that note, let's get into today's life lesson facilitated by father of life coaching, Mr. Tony Robbins, and we're going to talk about the power of focus. It's your girl, Cy Brown, right here for liferemixradio.com. Welcome to day six or day eight, depending upon how you've chosen to go through this program. If you've been going for five straight days and then you did two days subliminals, then obviously today is day eight for you, and I'm going to assume that's true for this program. But welcome back. Again, I want to congratulate you for your continuing commitment to do whatever it takes to consistently feed your mind and challenge yourself to make those simple daily additional changes, additional distinctions that can change the quality of your life right away. And let's get right to it. Today's whole program is based on the power of focus. We, if you recall, in our last session, we're talking about how to really direct our states of mind and emotion. We said that everything that we really want in our lives, no matter what it is, whether it be family or friends or relationship or money or business success or acknowledgement, all those things, the only reason we want them is what we think we'll get out of them, which is a state change, a certain level of feeling within ourselves. We also found out in our last tape that all emotions, every feeling we have, is the result of how we use our body. That emotions literally are nothing but physiological storms in our brains, if you will. And that we learn that by using our bodies in certain ways, by using our voice, our gestures, our breathing, our facial expressions, we could radically change our states. And we also talked about the idea, if you recall, of measuring our states. Where are we on a scale from zero to 10? 10 being absolutely empowered, unstoppable, passionate, zero being dead. And noticing, are we at the appropriate level for what we want to accomplish? And that for most cases, not all in life, but most, wouldn't it be nice to live at level 8, 9, or 10 or above on a consistent basis? How much more juice would you have? And so you develop some exercises in discovering how to move your body, not like me, not like somebody else, but like you do when you really are feeling absolutely excellent. Today, what we want to do is take on the second way we can manage our states. And the second way to change your state at any moment in time, as quickly as you can think it, is to control and direct the focus of your mind. What do I mean by that? Well, think about this. The only experience that you have of life comes in two forms. What you're physically feeling because of the condition and use of your body at that moment. In other words, if you've got physical pain, that's obviously going to affect your state. There's some kind of tension, for example. Or if you haven't had any sleep, that's certainly going to affect your state as well. Or if you've eaten something that's blown your blood sugar sky high, then obviously that's going to affect your emotional states as well. The only other thing that really controls your state is what are you paying attention to right now at this moment? I mean, let's take an example. Have you ever had a headache, maybe even a massive headache, that you thought there was no way you would ever go away, you were in really deep pain? Now, what do you do? Well, most people go get an aspirin. 
What if instead, have you ever had it happen where somebody asked you a question or something needed to be done or something required your total focus somewhere else outside of yourself and whammo, immediately the pain disappeared. In fact, you forgot about it. And later on when you thought about it, you noticed your headache was gone. Haven't you had that happen at least once or twice in your life? Now, how did you do that? See, my whole life has been studying what makes people successful. If someone's able to do something, if they're able to get rapport with somebody else, if they're able to create the results they want physically in their life, that is lose weight, feel energized, if they're able to create the relationships that they really desire, if they're able to feel as good as they ever wanted to feel, I want to know how do they do that. And so I began to study how could somebody get rid of a headache that quickly so we wouldn't be dependent on some drug like aspirin or Tylenol or anything else. And I began to realize that what it was is we changed our mental focus and that whatever we're experiencing in our body really comes from what we're paying attention to. That's what really determines how you feel. And, of course, how you feel determines usually how you're going to behave. Doesn't that make sense? When you're feeling really lousy, you don't usually do really well. Now, I know there are exceptions, but those exceptions are because you control your focus. You don't focus on feeling lousy. You focus on what's got to be done. There is tremendous power in controlling the focus of your mind. Now, what do I mean by this specifically? Well, there are two things we can control in terms of focus. We can control what we're focusing on. That is, what we're picturing in our mind, what we're saying to ourselves, what we're paying attention to in our physical body. Or we can control how we're focusing. How we're focusing means, let's say, the dimension of the pictures in our mind, the brightness of the colors in our head, the volume of our sounds. If we change how we're paying attention to things, not just what, it radically changes our state as well. Let me give an example. Pretend for a moment that your brain is a camera and you go to a party. How are you going to feel at that party? Well, the only thing you're going to have feelings about are the things you focus on. I mean, in that room, literally, there are almost unlimited number of activities and probably emotions and conversations and things that are going on. But your experience of that party is based on what that camera focuses on. Now, if it focuses on two people that are fighting, and that's what it focuses on for the entire party, you would leave that party saying, oh, that party was really intense. I mean, people are really upset with each other. If your focus was on two people in love who were maybe kissing passionately, you'd say, wow, that party was really moving. I mean, those people are really connected. If your focus was on some people that were really boring or bored, you'd say, oh, nobody really enjoyed that party. Here's the problem. The problem is your camera that is, the focus that you have does not usually take in everything simultaneously. Your conscious mind can't. There are only so many things you can consciously focus on. I mean, think about how many things right now you are not paying attention to that are happening at this moment. There's the blood pulsating through your right ear. You may not even pay attention to it. I mention it, now you might focus on it. There's the beat of your heart. Were you even noticing that until I mentioned it? There's the feel of maybe some air coming from an air conditioning, maybe if you're nearby. Or there's the heat on your skin. Or there's the blinking of your eyes. There are unlimited number of things that are happening right now. But see, here's the thing about human beings. Since we can't focus on everything and consciously perceive it all, what most of us do is we become what I call deletion creatures. What do I mean? I mean that most of the time, most of us delete. That is, we fail to pay attention to or we ignore most of what's going on around us at any moment in time. So what's the price of all this deletion? Well, the price is we walk around believing, or hallucinating might be a better word, that our experience of the world is real. Now, would you think that if you were looking through a camera that was focused on one little portion of the party, that that was truly the party? That wouldn't be very intelligent, would it? 
In fact, you know what else is a problem? That camera may even create close-ups where it makes things bigger than they actually are, where they look bigger and brighter or worse than they were. Isn't that possible too? Do you think your brain does that as well? You better believe it does. So the key is, if you want your life to be a party that you're happy with and not a party that you're upset with, you've got to realize that at any moment in time, there's enough going on in the party of your life that you could find something to be upset about. All you've got to do is focus on it. All you've got to do is now look around that party, find out the areas that don't match your expectations, make them big and bright and close, and you'll be upset. And you know what? Most people are good at this. <laughs> They've done it over and over and over again. The other thing that's equally true is that virtually any party at any moment in time, there's somebody having a good time. And if you were to focus on some area of your life at that moment in time, you can make yourself feel absolutely great. Or you could take some little thing, something that's just kind of nice, but make it bigger and brighter, and immediately you can feel better about it as well. So here's my point. My point is, if you want to look at the quality of your life and know what it is, it's the quality of the states that you live in day to day. I mean, isn't that really true? Isn't it how you feel day to day that determines how you treat yourself, how you treat other people, and how great you feel or how poor you feel about your life? What determines it? One, how you use your body. So you want to develop some new habits. And two, what and how you focus on things. Now, that's the only way we can explain how people have come from unbelievably painful experiences and turn them around. W. Mitchell's secret is he has controlled his physical body, specifically the way he uses his face. This man has learned with what's left of his body to smile and move his face in ways that makes him feel incredible. And the second thing is he focuses continuously on what he wants, what he's got, what he's grateful for, and as a result, he feels incredible. Now, nobody would blame him for looking around and seeing he has no legs and he has no fingers. He's got the toes there instead. And he's in a situation where he's in physical pain a lot of the time. Nobody would blame him for feeling sorry for himself, but see, he doesn't focus on that. He loves life because he focuses on the part of the party that's the best part for him. Don't you deserve to give yourself the same gift? Now take a look at John Belushi, example we used earlier also. How could a guy like Belushi or Presley or take somebody like Elizabeth Taylor? Here's a lady that would have everything going for her by most people's standards. She's an incredibly intelligent woman. She's absolutely beautiful. She's a great actress. She has thousands and thousands, probably millions of fans to be more accurate, who absolutely love her. She has as much money as most people could ever imagine needing or wanting. She has a lifestyle that's absolutely phenomenal. She has family and friends that care about her and would do anything for her. And yet, what happens with this lady? She has not learned to manage her state, and she pays the price, as great as she is. Great on the stage, but in her personal life, over and over again, she has to turn to food or to drugs to try and take care of the challenges within herself. See, how could someone have it all and still be unhappy? Because no matter how good it is, you can always focus on something that isn't perfect or doesn't match your expectations, and that is called ultimate failure in life. You want to know what I believe success is? Success is creating consistent pleasure in your life and causing yourself to grow. Failure is being able to find pain no matter how good it is. That's failure. The bottom line is you have that power and you can change it right now by understanding that you make decisions about what to focus on. Now, it may be true that you've got some bad habits. It may be true that right now you look at what's worse or you look at what's wrong or you see what's not working in your life and it's habitual so you don't think about it consciously, but you still make the decisions. You can turn off the automatic pilot and take control. And when you do, you can instantly change the quality of your life. 
the lady I married, my wife Becky, one of the things I love about her more than anything in the world, the reason I married her probably more than anything else, is this woman is so incredible in her ability at any moment in time to focus on what is great in a situation, what is beautiful, the most little things. She and I share that power where we can be in the middle of anything, in the middle of turmoil and upsets and frustrations, and in a heartbeat, we can stop and we say, hey, look, notice that flower, notice that sunset, or look in each other's eyes and say, how did I get so lucky to get you? We have that ability, and we share it, we reinforce it in each other, and it gives power to our relationship and to our lives. You have that control. All you have to do is exercise it. So what I want to do is be more specific with you now on how to do it. Now, first of all, let me demonstrate this is really true to you. I mean, you may say, well, yeah, this makes sense. Well, let's take a quick example. Now, this may be an unfair situation if you're in a place that you're familiar with, but let's try this right now. And if you're in a place you're familiar with, you might want to try it later on in the day when you're not familiar with something. But let's take an example here. What I want you to do right now is I'd like you, if you would, let's test the power of something. I want you to look around your room, the room you're in right now, or if you're in your car, you can look out the windows also, but I want you to notice everything you can see, everything you can see, and I'm only going to give you a few seconds, that is brown. Quick, look around the room, everything you can see that's brown. Look around your car, look outside, everything you can see is brown. Quickly, everything. Make sure you don't miss anything. Everything you can see is brown. Quick, quick, quick. Okay, stop. Close your eyes. With your eyes closed now, close your eyes. If you're driving, this is difficult. <laughs> okay. So you may want to try this later as an exercise. But what I'd like you to do is close your eyes and... What I want you to do with your eyes closed now is tell me, or, you know, since I'm not there literally, although I may be, you never know, but just for now, out loud say everything that's in this room that is green. Oh, maybe I hooked you a little bit, huh? You were waiting for brown. Tell me, out loud, come on, everything that's green. Try this, everything in that room that's blue. Everything in the room that is white. And everything in the room that's red. And now open your eyes and look around the room and notice everything you can see in this room that's green. Come on, take a good look. Now, some of you may say, well, there's nothing in this room that's green. Look behind you there. There's something green behind you. That's right. What's blue in this room? Now, do you see a lot more green? Do you see a lot more blue now than you did the first time? Unless you're in a room you already are super familiar with, that is, you've already got a picture in your head and you know it, like maybe it's your bedroom and you know everything, even then you may not have noticed everything. But if you're in a strange room or you're in a place you're not used to, what I find is 99% of the time people see a lot more blue and green when I ask them about that specifically later on. In other words, when I ask you to focus on brown, that's what comes up. You notice mostly brown. You tend to delete a lot of the other details. Isn't that true? Now, how does that relate to life? See, a lot of people in life stare at and focus on the brown in life, the, uh, shall we say, feces of life. And other people, they look for the green. They look for its growing. They look for what's alive. That's what you need to do. See, in life, we get whatever we focus on. Whatever you pay attention to, that's what you experience in your body instantly. So how do we control our focus? Well, that's a good question. For years, I've been looking at it. You know, I read all the books on positive thinking where they said, hey, you want to do good, you've got to feel good. That makes sense. And if you want to feel good, you've got to talk to yourself good and picture good. Well, the challenge with that, the challenge with positive thinking is what we've already talked about. The problem with positive thinking is you've got to think about it. <laughs> and it's a little bit difficult. We've got to get ourselves conditioned to think more positive. Plus, I get asked the question, how do you think positive? They say, be positive. How? Well, they said, you know, make good pictures. Well, how do you get yourself to do that? And so what I've analyzed for years is 
What determines, since there are zillions of things you and I could pay attention to at any moment, what determines what we focus on? Well, some of what we focus on, or most of it, is based upon our beliefs of what's important and our values. And we're going to talk about that in the next tape. But for right now, the thing that at this specific moment determines what you focus on is how you're evaluating things. Now, that sounds like a big chunk, but what do I mean by that? Well, the way we evaluate things determines how we feel. But what is an evaluation? Evaluations are nothing but questions. The way I found this out is one day I was realizing, well, you know, W. Mitchell's pretty happy because he's evaluated his life in a way that makes him happy. John Belushi's not here because of the way he evaluated things. He made himself actually feel bad when he had plenty he could have felt good on if he just focused on that part of his life's party, if you will. So I thought, how do I explain what an evaluation is? And then I noticed that I had asked a question to try to evaluate how to explain evaluations. And I thought, was well, it possible that evaluations are questions? I thought, well, that's a question too, isn't it? I thought, that's a question, isn't it? <laughs> I thought, is that really what evaluation is? Is a question? And I thought was a question. Pretty soon I whipped myself into a frenzy and began to realize evaluations are in fact questions. And I tried to mismatch it. That is, I tried to look at the opposite side and I tested it on all kinds of people. Maybe you can find the opposite of what I'm saying. But I don't know. I have found that thinking is nothing but the process of evaluating things. You're always evaluating, what does this mean to me and what should I do? Those are two questions your brain is asking on a continuous basis. See, if I take my fist and I go wham and I bring it within two inches of your face, I guarantee you your brain's going to make some evaluations. <laughs> Question number one, what does this mean? Question number two, what should I do? And your brain's going to evaluate. It's going to search your brain for your beliefs about what does this mean? Do I need to move? Is he going to hit me? What does this mean? And what should I do? Do I hit back? Do I adjust? What, what does my body need to do? We're always asking those two primary questions. But the questions we ask determine what we focus on. Here, let me be more specific, and I'll think you'll have an example of what I mean. I've said to you so far in this tape that what you focus on determines how you feel. I've also said that the questions you ask yourself determine what you focus on. Think of questions this way. Imagine your brain is the ultimate computer. And in that computer is the answer to any question you could possibly have. And by the way, I believe that that metaphor is really how your brain works. It can come up with the answer to any question you ask it. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. A very true and real statement beyond what you might believe religiously, even if you have different religious beliefs. It is a reality in my experience of how our brain works. Now, if you have this great computer and in front of you, the only way you get information out of this computer is to ask for it. You tap into this keyboard and you ask questions and bam, in answer to the questions, you will get responses on the screen. Your brain works the same way. You ask questions, you hit the keyboard with questions, and it will fire off the answers in your brain. But here's what's different about your brain than most computers. Whatever question you ask, if you ask it with the absolute expectation that you're going to get an answer, and if you ask it consistently, and you give the brain time to search for the answers, you will get an answer. By the way, any question you ask, you'll get an answer to, even one that doesn't have a basis in reality. In other words, this computer will do anything. It'll search its files and make things up in order to answer your question. What do I mean? Well, if you go around and ask your brain, why do these things always happen to me? Well, guess what? Your brain will search all its databases and say, why do these things always happen to me? And it'll take every possible form of input of what people have said to you in your life, what you've ever said to yourself, what you've ever read or saw on TV, and it'll make up an answer for you. It always happens to you because you're a turkey. That's why, right? And all sure enough, now you feel lousy. You see, gosh, I'm a turkey. You feel bad, and everything's not working out. See, 
whatever you ask, you're going to get an answer to. If you say, how come I'm so lucky? You know, how did I get so lucky? Your brain will search all kinds of things and show you that you're lucky. In other words, our questions determine how we feel. Now, if you've got certain emotions, certain feelings that you have on a daily basis that you don't like, habitual emotions, I'm here to tell you that the feelings you feel are come from what you focus on. So what you have is habitual focuses, and those focuses come from habitual questions. In other words, if you feel certain ways on an ongoing basis, it's because you're asking certain questions on an ongoing basis. might be useful if we discover what those are. I'll give you some samples. Questions that people ask themselves on a regular basis that make them feel lousy. Question number one is, why does this always happen to me? I want you to notice, in that question is something we call a presupposition. A presupposition means you are presupposing in the question that things already happened to you. That may not be true, but as long as you ask questions that way, your brain will make up an answer for you. Here, I'll give you a good example. After the 1988 Republican National Convention, when George Bush selected Dan Quayle as his running mate, CNN ran a public opinion poll where you call the 900 number and vote yes or no to the answer to a question. But here was the question that blew my mind. question was, does it bother you that Dan Quayle used his family's influence to stay out of Vietnam and to get in the National Guard? Now, I'm paraphrasing just slightly, but that's what they said. Now, tell me, what's wrong with this picture? The challenge is they presuppose that he actually did it. They said, does it bother you? So your brain stops evaluating whether he actually did it or not and focuses on whether it bothers you or not. Does this happen every day with you? Do you ask questions that presuppose that you've got a limited level of intelligence or skill or ability and therefore get lousy answers in your brain? Listen, if you ask yourself questions like, why am I so fat? That question guarantees you're going to stay fat. You know why? Because you can go, why am I so fat? Your brain will go, okay, let me figure out some reasons. Whammo, here's why you're fat. Because you eat continuously and you have no control. <laughs> your brain goes, oh, God, I don't need control. And then you feel useless and you feel like you're disempowered. What would be a better question to ask yourself than why am I so fat? How about this one? How can I become more thin right now? Or what could I do today to start myself on the road to becoming more thin? And what do I need to do consistently to create the long-term results of health that I want? If you ask a better quality question, you will get a better quality answer. Or I'll give you a step beyond that. If you ask a question like, how can I become more thin now, you'll get an answer. But what if you ask a question like, how can I become more thin now and enjoy the process? Ah, magical. When you ask that question, what happens now is you literally come up with not only an answer of how to lose weight, but also how to enjoy it. And since your brain likes pleasure, there's a much better chance you're going to follow through. Am I making any sense to you? I'm here to tell you that the quality of your life comes down to the quality of the questions you ask yourself on a daily basis. So if you're asking questions like, well, how come I can't ever learn anything? Just listen to that question. Or why can't I ever learn anything? That's even worse. Why questions tend to be what I call endless loop questions. Like, why did this happen to me? See, your brain probably can never come up with a definitive answer. It'll come up with all kinds of reasons, but you'll keep going into a loop. Now, I discovered the power of questions in my own life because at one time in my life, I was really, really angry. And I knew how to change my physiology and my movement to make myself feel better, but I didn't want to. You ever been in that state? <laughs> like somebody said to me, well, Tony, just change your physiology. I said, I don't want to. Right? I was upset. 
But the reason I was upset is what I was focusing on. I was focusing on somebody who had taken a bunch of money from my company and embezzled it. And I got pretty upset, to say the least. And I was walking around in a frenzy going, how could he do this? How could he have the audacity to do this? I may have even had an expletive or two. Who knows? <laughs> the point is that by asking those questions, I was whipping myself into frenzy. How could he possibly do this? Why would he do this situation to me? Well, guess what? You're never going to get an answer to that. All it does is whip you into more and more of a frenzy. Can you hear it? So finally, I said, okay, doing this is leading to more and more pain. It isn't making my life any better. I better ask myself a more empowering question. So I thought, what's something that's important to me? My answer is, I love to learn. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.